0: Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Times Society, their continuing mission to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. Becca, how did we first meet? What the fuck are you talking about,
1: Jake? I talk to you every day.
0: Becca, how did we first meet? Just think back.
2: Geek and Sundry Studio? I
1: don't know what is this about.
0: Yes, that's right. You, of course, uh, I introduced you to your dog Oshi.
1: No, I got him from somebody on Craigslist.
0: Yes, that's right. (laughs) Wrong.
2: I stole Oshi from somewhere else and then put it up on Craigslist myself. You're wrong. Wait, seriously? You're lying. No. Oh. I I've got this purple thing kind of sticking out of the back of my neck. Get him!
1: Well, uh, well guess, that was okay, so Xander, that was crazy.
0: Xander was the alien in that one. I thought I thought it was gonna be Becca, or maybe nobody, yeah. Well, nope, never, was, I don't know if you guys know this, but suspect. Captain
1: Scott is the fastest to ever complete Starfleet Academy and become a captain. So, um, I'm pretty impressive. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, that was you. Mm -hmm. Starfleet's finest.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Captain Scott.
0: Yeah, this episode was nuts. It's it's conspiracy. After Captain Picard receives a dark warning from an old friend, the Enterprise returns to Earth to stop an alien invasion from taking over Starfleet Command.
1: This episode is awesome. I love when you don't know people are really the people they're supposed to be or not. Provides for many interesting interactions, really good fight choreography that you definitely couldn't pause and see the <laughs> body doubles that were much, much younger than the <laughs> actors portray- they were portraying. The intense
0: fan kicks that kept happening. Everyone had a fan oh, kick. Yeah. <laughs> there were so many. There was more kicks than punches by I a significant margin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, like. I've made this note before on multiple episodes. Star Trek is not known for its fight choreography. That's just... Effect. Yet.
1: <laughs> Yet. <laughs> now this yeah. this episode conspiracy is really digging into a sort of serialized notion that was planted in the episode Coming of Age which was number 18 in the season and they're really they're coming back to an idea that was planted that there is corruption in Starfleet that they don't know what it is and um and the captain is contacted by an old friend that must talk to him through code 47
2: (laughs) yeah yeah i wanted to mention that too that this is sort of the first attempt that we're seeing of bringing back sort of older storylines and sort of tying everything together so this is what we come to love about star trek is when the little threads start getting together so the people that are paying attention you get rewarded for it by like having this extra layer to the story as well i just wish the payoff were better No,
1: strongly disagree. That that really? we get quite a payoff in the finale scene. Uh, That's true. But we should talk about the very first lines of this episode, which were were maybe the most brilliant. And I think Xander, you have thoughts on uh, when uh-huh. Jordi tells Data a joke.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> because this is I think the uh, this is a great example of uh, we see Data's character evolving and. The joke isn't, I don't know, the greatest. It's some sort of, like, implied sex joke, I think. Um, but the the part that I love is Brent Spiner's commitment to laughing while keeping a straight face. And the best example, I shared a link with both of you uh, from *Shit's Creek. Uh, at Moira, she does this laugh where she doesn't move because she's had so much, like, work done on her face. <laughs>
1: brilliant.
0: I just love it so much. And you can see... You didn't think it was a sex joke, Xander. What other type of joke do you think it was?
2: I don't know! What else (laughs) is harder to
1: do with zero gravity?
0: And yeah. has, like, the, what was it? The psychological discomfort for the male or something? <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, those two remind me of Troy and Abed from Community. I don't know if yeah. you've ever seen that show, but it's a very much that same trope. It's great.
2: But the thing that got me was that they were having this fun conversation, and then Riker, Picard, and Troy were like, ah ha, ha oh, Data, as if they were listening the whole time. Like, there's nothing better to do on the bridge than to listen to the banter of Geordi and
0: Data. <laughs> I feel like those two are full-volume, and everybody's just quietly listening.
2: Yeah, it's probably just
1: camp on the bridge the whole time. Everybody's telling all their dirty jokes uh, in space. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, even
0: Worf was just, like, swimming, nope, too Mm -hmm. much, like, bathing. Right, and Klingons don't bathe? What
1: kind of smell is he keeping on this bridge? What kind of what? HEPA filters do they have going through here?
2: Worf grew up with humans. What did they do to
0: him? <laughs> it's called his natural Klingon musk.
1: Mm, yeah. I'll take that. So
0: uh, Walker Keel, I believe is the captain's name, sends a code 47, which is a coded transmission to Picard, and pretty much says, hey, we need to meet face-to-face. Even what I have to say is too secret for even this. But Picard took silly, the but... call
1: in his quarters, wearing his deep, deep V pajamas <laughs> with a little yes. bit of chest hair. It may not be on top, but it's—he's wearing it on the front, and I like it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Picard <laughs> gets like weirdly sexy sometimes, especially if we like interrupt him in his quarters. He's got some outfits. he has got some looks.
1: Sexy at all times. So I yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. understand the comment.
2: <laughs> well, you should try that in zero g. If
1: you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Will do. Uh, also, one other tidbit of production design: when he wakes up in his quarters, he has a skylight that is really a starlight, and you're seeing warp speed stars go past above his bed. I want one of those. Right.
2: Super <laughs> sweet. Like, I need the captain's quarters. I will settle for nothing less. <laughs> yeah.
1: How come everybody can't have cat? Yeah, well, hmm. <laughs> uh,
2: well, I think that it's great that you brought up production design because it felt like this episode, they sort of hired an outside designer for some of these things because there were a lot of practical effects and there were a lot of, like experimental sort of camera shots and things like that where it felt like they sort of gave the, the artistic reins over to another voice that was just like trying some stop motion and some, you know, various forced perspective and things like that.
1: Oh, yeah. We get crazy claymation monsters and little right? scorpion swimmers.
2: Monsters is generous. It's more like claymation or like stop motion CVS toys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was like a TV version of like a Cronenberg film. Away. Yeah. Yes. It was a little safe, but also very creepy and unsettling. Do you
2: remember, it's about this t- this era too, but there was a toy that was marketed to kids that was like creepy, crawly or whatever. And it was basically like the science easy bake oven. You get like this gelatin mixture. You put it in and then you'd come out and it'd be like a wiggly monster. Creepy crawly. That's what it was. And that's what it looked yeah. Like, I remember those. those. It was yeah. totally
1: a creepy crawler. That's the monster we finally get to. But there is a lot more intrigue before uh, they start swallowing these things whole.
2: <laughs> or they just move past the side of their face and it looks like.
1: <laughs> Wait, hold on. Am I eating my own finger right now? <laughs> Whoa.
2: <laughs> Again, great for a podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I forget what <laughs> medium we're in. <laughs>
0: Uh, so Picard beams down to the planet where they were supposed to meet up after, um, rerouting from Pacifica, and he walks down this super long ramp, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but then eventually gets down to this cave, and a bunch of tactical, or excuse me, a bunch of command officers are there, captains, it turns out Starfleet's finest, we might add, Mm -hmm. and they try to test him about who he is, is he really the real Picard.
1: Luckily, he remembers lots of facts about his own life, and we learn that Walker was the one that introduced Beverly Crusher with her husband, John? Is it John? Jack.
2: Jack, Jack Crusher. Jack. Jack.
1: Well, Jack. Jack is short for John, right? No,
0: maybe. <laughs> James and Jack, I believe, are, like interchangeable. Jake? <laughs> what? Or Jake. You mean John? Are you talking to me or... Do you want Jason? Because I can go get
2: <laughs> I'll take just Jay.
0: Oh, okay. But we find
2: out that there was sort of this <laughs> this like three Musketeers thing with Jean-Luc and Jack and uh oh no, what's this one's? Walker. <laughs> <sighs> Where the three of them were kinda, you know, buddies. Yeah. Yeah, they're all a bunch of friends. And
1: Beverly too. Beverly and Walker had a friendly relationship because though captain picard can't admit he secretly met with him beverly mm-hmm. asked him point blank if he did
0: picard is like i love this episode so much but i was yelling at my tv more than my mother yells at this TV <laughs> because like there were so often where picard was supposed to keep this secret and he started progressively telling more and more people uh no matter what but he definitely straight up lied to beverly about the one thing that walker said, asked him to do he's yeah. like Tell Beverly I said hello. And then she's like, Did you see him? He's like, Nope.
1: (laughs) But I didn't see him, but he does say hello. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But then throughout the episode, he tells Troy, he tells Riker, he tells the entire bridge crew. Then he goes and tells Ten Forward. Then he sits down in Sick Bay and he's gossiping about it. Then he goes to the preschool and tells all the kids about the conspiracy. He's sharing it everywhere. No, he stops
1: at the bridge crew because bridge crew is crew for life. Camp friends, BFFs, they share the sexy jokes. That's
0: why you couldn't tell them. You were going to flash a hand signal when you did Crew for Life. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, so they tell him that something is going on and they don't quite know what it is, but they're getting strange orders from Starfleet and people are acting weird. And they're not, they don't remember their own history. Like, they're bluffing their way through interactions. So they tell Picard, just watch your back. Primarily. Yeah. Well,
2: it, I, with this episode and this this concept specifically, uh, during these trying times in real life, uh, we're we're relying so much on communication digitally. I mean, look at us. What we're doing right now. This is what it would be like on a starship, except for like the pet or the significant other, roommate that you're quarantined with. That's your bridge crew, and so like I gotta, they gotta tell them. <laughs> there's there's no secrets here. We live together. <laughs>
0: Everybody who listens to this podcast needs to start referring to their pet as their first officer. Mm. I already, we have done this.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, no, I just decided to call my pets Mr. Darcy because I watched Pride and Prejudice last night, so it's taken. Uh,
2: legitimately, our cat is our tactical officer, and the station is set up above the litter box. I'll send you a picture.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. So so then a, a ship explodes? The Horatio? Well,
0: yeah, so Picard goes. This really happens very quickly. Picard goes back uh, to the ship. He immediately tells Troy what he's learned, despite being told. Okay, but to, like, she not knows really he's anybody. got
2: feelings. So right, and she, she he has to confide in somebody.
0: And for the sake of television, we need to have him start having a dialogue with somebody. So like, I get it.
2: And I had that thought. Like, re- I was like, oh, she probably has this confidentiality clause that even if he's breaking whatever rules, he doesn't want to implicate the rest of the crew. But she would be the one protected crew person.
0: But it's like if when there's a conspiracy at the highest levels of a, uh, you know, f- a, I don't know, whatever Starfleet is. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, but you can tell your therapist about it.
1: Intergalactic organization. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 thank you. So Picard tells Troy, uh she pretty much – what does she even, like, give him besides just another, like – Pat on a the back? The bo- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is the wall to bounce the ball off of in terms of conversation. She's, he's just kind of reiterating it, and they need to make sure that – they keep their eyes open. And then suddenly we are in a field of debris that no one recognizes for, like, five minutes until we realize, <laughs> oh, it's a starship. Right. That was, a, I think, a moment of suspense, which was a little bit, like, I felt the suspense of it, but I didn't understand why they couldn't figure out it was what was left of the imploded Horatio we learn later.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that they're still trying to figure things out as regards to, like, space combat and physics.
1: <laughs> Theory. <laughs> The Horatio was imploded because their captain had been infected with whatever this thing that, at this point, all we know is that it it corrupts the minds of officers, or it takes their place, or whatever. Sure. Body snatchers, and uh, so the Horatio had some internal conflict because they wanted to blow up the aliens or the invaders that were on site on their own ship. Or the alien that had invaded the Horatio uh, was upset nobody was, you know, coming around and letting themselves be, be um, commandeered.
0: Well, Wait, this, the second theory is that he was too lonely, so he killed everybody? <laughs> None of
1: you guys want to play my game. I'm going to blow you up.
2: <laughs>
0: so I'm going to poke some holes in
2: your conspiracy theories uh, because— uh, i think that's a great approach because, because the thing did. about
1: conspiracy theories is if there's a rumor then it can't be true <laughs> and if it is real no one knows about it
2: that's a great line from the episode <laughs> wait no not from
1: this episode
2: <laughs> right oh. <laughs> that's true um but uh, i think you're, that's a, a good point is that he alluded when he was talking to picard like my own crew has been infected i can tell So you knew there was stuff going down on the Horatio. So it could have been that he had sabotaged, blew himself up with a warp core, except for when they were scanning, they didn't find any sort of debris that indicated like a warp core explosion or even bodies of of life forms. This is why this whole thing is kind of a big plot hole because it's like, what weapon did this alien race have? Or what did they use? Pincers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they would have had to use a Federation weapon or or done something to the starship. So it was just a weird thing that happened. Wait,
1: this wasn't Walker's ship. Did I miss something?
0: Yeah, it was Walker's ship. So Walker's Walker's dead? Yeah. He's dead like five minutes after we see him.
1: Wow, totally missed that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Wait, why would, we why
0: didn't Picard give a warning. talk? We see him give a warning to Picard. Mm-hmm. Picard goes up to the ship, they leave, but then they go by where the Horatio was also going, apparently. Right. I don't understand the space. How theory, come they but... didn't
1: have a space funeral on the holodeck for his friend, Walker?
2: So here's what happens. is because So they were going back to Pacifica because that was their original destination, right? And they, they were like, oh, there's something over here. And they're like, well, we better... Go check it out And it turns out That was the wreck That that was the Horatio They didn't know What it was And the only funeral That they get Is the weird Creepy tea That they're drinking And they were like To the Horatio And that's it (laughs) And and Picard is like Okay And like Sips some (laughs) Oh man Well it did just
0: happen
1: Watch out for that Andonian tea Yeah Didn't trust it I thought it was poisoned For sure (laughs) Right
0: so Picard lies to Beverly about seeing Walker, and then we find out Walker's dead. And then he tells Riker, so he fills Riker in. And that's
2: the tipping point, is when his friend is dead, he's like, oh, this is serious now.
0: Right. And he uh, assigns Data to a very special task, which Data has quite the smile about when he gets assigned to it.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> he puts on his Sherlock hat.
0: Yeah Metaphorically So then we have What I like to call Data and Computer A show that I love this I really think Deserves a full season Yeah um, Because (laughs) Data starts talking to himself Realizes he's talking to himself And explains it to A computer But why
1: would someone Talk to themselves Admiral Admiral Jake
0: (laughs) Because they are A sentient being And they can do that Huh? Mm -hmm.
1: Interesting. Uh, Because of a a new revelation, or perhaps uh, uh, some sort of madness, (laughs) and then computer (laughs) shuts him down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, even the computer wants to stop Data's babbling. That's why I think these two are like a Burton Ernie kind of thing. I definitely would want to watch.
2: Right, right. And it's it's so much funnier when the computer does it rather than like Riker (laughs) Picard, where it just comes across as like, okay, well he was just trying to help. So good. Thank
1: you, sir. I comprehend.
2: Yeah, I get it.
0: (laughs) Uh, So Data set on a mission to look for anomalies within Starfleet orders. He eventually finds it and explains that there's certain key sectors that are uh, looking to be compromised or something like that, I believe.
2: Again, this part is a little unclear of like, what's the goal? (laughs) Well,
0: I think they just need an excuse to go confront the conspiracy, right? So like, let's go to Earth. Everybody's like... Sounds good. Well, I wanted so, more
1: evidence. The captain's like, "Is there weird stuff where people aren't acting like themselves?" Oh, look here, there is. Right. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I feel calls like they didn't Starfleet. really have
0: time to go. They didn't really have time to go like explore a bunch of different plot lines in it. They were just like, "Let's go confront it all at one point."
1: Yeah. Yeah. He gives a ring a to Starfleet. Worf is like, I don't even trust them, which seemed weird and out of line because uh, those are technically his superiors as well because they're Picard's superiors. And they put him on mute for a second. They're like, hold on, we got to talk. And Worf is like, yeah. no to this. <laughs>
2: Well, I think a part of that is Worf is getting used to his new position as head of security. And where Tasha might have interjected, she didn't for the most part. Or she would say something, but it would come across as like, oh, Tasha. But now that Worf is doing it, there's this weird other sense too that, that happens. Uh, and we also see that it, 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 like, there is this confrontation with the chain of command of like, how far does secrecy go when it's the captain that has to deal with things by himself. He's like take control, abandoning all the procedures of, like, I'm going to beam somewhere by myself. I'm doing this without talking to anybody. And I can just see Worf being like, let me do my job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have to be angry and skeptical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we we hail the admirals down on Earth, who are all sitting conveniently at the dinner table. And they offer to invite Picard down 20 minutes later for dinner. They didn't even ask if he was hungry. Yeah. They're just like, Come down for dinner right now.
1: I hope they're serving something good. We'll find out. (laughs) I'm
0: sure. And then uh, Dexter Remick, the most punchable faced man in Starfleet, Mm. shows up and we get that tension again. So we get that callback that we mentioned.
1: Well, Mm. before we see Remick, uh, Quinn is sitting there on this panel of Starfleet dudes that are like, hold on, I don't know. Should we let Picard on? Maybe. Let's think about it. Let's talk about it. Okay. I guess you can come to dinner. Quinn, you (laughs) go on the Enterprise and you try and turn all of them into aliens. Here's a brief Case full of scorpion aliens. Go.
2: <laughs> no, here's the no. case with one. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, these aliens are not deceptive at all. I mean they all when confronted with a the surprise, they're like, hold on a second. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, um one of us can't come, but just <gasps> you should come and your first officer. <laughs> Come on down for dinner. You want to say 20 minutes?
2: But, like, unprovoked, leave your doctor on the ship. Just, like, she can stay there. I know you haven't mentioned her or anything, but, like, just leave her there. Leave her there. Wait, did they say that? Something
0: along those so lines. So
2: suspicious.
0: It was a. Uh, it was an interesting like, and they even say something about like, well, they seem normal enough. I'm just like, what? Yeah. Even well, Troy's I think, like, someone's hiding something. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think this goes to, to this sort of commentary on the pomp and circumstance of not just Starfleet, but what we can see now or what was society. You know, there's this sort of accepted rules of like of high society and dinners and meetings and things like that that you sort of kind of go along with is like oh these are the formal procedures this is bureaucracy you just go along with it and it it's it's sort of this commentary of like if they were replaced by body snatchers who could just follow the rules there wouldn't be much of a difference now would there
1: are they so bad after all
2: you know yeah <laughs> maybe we should bow down to these purple creatures, and Just let they him had in. our best intentions in heart.
1: Well, they really get your adrenaline pumping, because Quinn is an old man that is yeah. rejuvenated when he steps on board the Enterprise again.
2: Fan kicks. Oh, fan <laughs> kicks oh my everywhere. Goodness.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about the fight scene. I mean, uh, I didn't count the kicks, but I felt like uh, kick-to-punch ratio was like four to one. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but also commenting on what Becca was saying, too, he comes off of the transporter beam, and or er, pad, and Picard is like, the last time we saw you, you said you were tired. And I was <laughs> like, well, yeah, he took a nap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I took a nap, and now I'm good, and 10 yeah. years younger, let's go see this Enterprise. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Watch me kick.
1: <laughs> so they put him in a guest quarter, and Riker, he's like, I don't trust this dude. Uh, Picard says that, and then Riker ha- it has to is sick to- on him, so Picard has to go down to the planet earth alone but riker and quinn have this fight scene that we keep alluding to with all the kicks because riker's about to get turned and i'm very scared
2: for him we also get a shot of the floor of the guest quarters which is the ugliest carpet i've ever seen in starfleet (laughs) there's like this weird rug on it too (laughs) it's
1: like a hat on a hat an ugly hat on an ugly hat yeah. Um and then after uh, you know, someone comes to check on Riker or uh no, we see we see Worf and Jordy sprinting down the hall in unison and they look Real cute doing it. Uh, and yeah. then they come in, I wrote something like, cute boys, hey. Uh, babe's ah. babes running, watch out. Um, although, Jordy's not security, so why did he come? He's engineering, and he should be friends. on the bridge. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, at this point, I think he's still, he's not engineering. He's still, like, a command track. That's why he has the red uniform.
1: Oh. Oh, right, 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 right. Of course, of course. Uh, and then Jordy. Also, he's just
0: a regular cast member. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. yeah. Really.
1: yeah. <laughs> then Jordy gets thrown through the door they just came through by Quinn, and Quinn turns to Worf and is like, now nah, it's just you and me, Klingon. Uh, and anybody who walks down the hallway and sees Jordy in the broken door. <laughs>
0: I was so ready for Worf to open up a can on him, especially that slow stand up yeah. where like Michael Dorn looked like good, like he's like, all right, you want to do this? Well, he gets real up there. And then we cut to it after commercial and he gets his ass handed to him. <laughs> I want to talk about this
2: commercial break, though, too, because before you could tell that they were filming up like the scene up until then, because Worf's. Makeup gets a little janky, and then oh. there's like this close up as they do the soap cut, waiting for the commercial. And when they cut back, you can see that makeup has been touched up, it looks amazing. I was <laughs> like, Oh, I didn't notice that clearly, where they, <laughs> they cut, uh, but yeah, th- this is the the start of the trip of like Worf becomes head of security, and Worf is not great at his job.
1: <laughs> hey, he's doing his best,
2: but also, I wanted to t- the comment that g- throwing Geordie through the doors was dramatic, but it also like broke this illusion of, like, metal high-tech doors into, like, oh, they're just wood panels that someone's back there pushing.
0: (laughs) I feel like they're trying to imply the Admiral's strength, but what we have to consider is um, the fragility of Jordy's body. Yeah. (laughs) Like, if Um, those are metal doors,
2: shouldn't something else have happened?
1: Right? He just shattered all his bones.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Me- meanwhile, down on earth, Picard, uh, the in his worst detective role yet, uh, <laughs> is offered a drink by the people he most suspects is holding a conspiracy and he drinks it. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm just like yelling at the TV. Stop drinking Don't the things drink. they offer
1: you. After he held it on the tip of his lips for so long, saying, know, uh, right? yeah, I'm confused about the Horatio exploding and why I'm here. And
0: So then they're like, yeah, they talk about the Horatio and how inept their captain was. And then out of nowhere, they're like, anyway, you'll really like the drink, Picard. Yeah. And he's like, all right. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I guess I will. Yeah. Now, Rimmick is the one who you said most punchable face that uh, was doing the the deep dive into Captain Picard in in the previous episode we talked about a coming of age where Quinn wanted to like research him to see if he was right for a Starfleet position. So that's how we know Quinn and Rimmick and Rimmick is just the worst. We don't really <laughs> get to do much with him cuz he's not a big enough deal to stick around for this dinner at first. <laughs> or maybe he's too big a deal. Ooh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just real punchable. Just real punchable. What
0: what it shows us, too, is that, like, Quinn wasn't in on it in the first episode, but Ramek was, right? So in Coming of Age, Quinn was tired because he was still human. Yep. And then uh, at some point between these episodes, he was... Uh, grafted on to the other side by Remick, presumably. Do you
1: think that Remick was already infected by an alien being in yep. coming
2: of age?
0: Yep. Yes, and because Quinn specifically mentions the conspiracy, he's yep. like, hey, something's going on. So Quinn was suspicious of, of it at the outset.
2: Not only that, why do you think he was looking into Picard? Maybe it was to check fitness of a host, or because it was it's, of a whole galaxy and a whole federation. It's weird that this is happening to Picard, but they sort of justify it in like they were already looking at him.
0: Wild. He specifically mentions, he's like, I can't trust a lot of people in Starfleet Command. I need you close because I can trust you. And so Picard doesn't take it, so he doesn't get his ally nearby. And presumably, that's actually might be why Quinn fell, is because Picard wasn't there to help.
1: Ugh. Yep. So sad. Now when we hop back up to the chip to the ship, you know who really saves the day? Beth, crush, Bev crush, crush, crush. She
2: crushed it. Yeah.
1: Uh, now her phaser knocks out Quinn, who's super strong at this point. Was she mm-hmm. set to stun or what was she doing there?
2: The first one yes. was set to stun, and then she mm-hmm. has zero hesitation of like, well, gotta kill him. Switch. <laughs>
1: <Dude>. <laughs> you know what? When she sees the officers she loves down, uh-uh, mm-hmm. she's taking no shit.
0: I thought she had made a point to tell Picard over the comm line about set it to kill because she had set it to stun and kept yeah. it there. To, oh. like It took so many shots. She had to it hold down, it right?
1: on for a full 10 seconds. So I thought uh, maybe she left
0: she it on
2: switched. stun. There was a second beam. So yeah. she had done st- uh, stun and then switched it over to kill.
1: But it didn't actually end up killing Quinn because he goes to medbay. Or maybe she brought him back to life because she's really good at doing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then she finds out that the way you can tell uh, something is wrong, it's definitely him because his retina scan's exactly the same, but on the back of his neck there's a little squirmy tentacle, which she calls a gill for this mm. little um, in pes- the parasite to breathe.
2: This is so quack because <laughs> are you telling me the Starfleet command and like the highest minds in Starfleet have been infected and all of these starships and things like that and nobody noticed this little blue tail that was sticking out of anybody's neck right all these people
1: are acting weird and they have a tiny blue tail in their neck
0: I think it's why the mullet made a comeback in Starfleet during this time, is to cover the gill.
1: See, this was my plan. I was going to say that they should have made a production decision to give these people wigs and just say, oh, yeah, I've been growing it out. New uh, Starfleet, <laughs> Starfleet regulations have been lax. And, and then hide it a little better because...
0: But then then you notice that everybody involved in the conspiracy just has long curly hair yeah. all yeah. over Starfleet. Yeah. Well, the
2: thing that got me, I was waiting for, I had created a rational explanation in my head of like, oh, well, the host is unconscious, so it has to come out to breathe or whatever. That's what they're going to say because that's the only time you see it. Oh. Ah. Nice. They never do. All the time. <laughs> no. I was like, did I I justify that? Whoops.
1: <laughs> so, we go to dinner, and what's for dinner, Jake?
0: Mm. <laughs> mm. Eat it Picard. <laughs> Eat it. It's a
1: bowl full of worms. Yeah.
2: Humans love mealworms. Well, how could these
1: aliens not research that mealworms are not an appropriate thing to serve?
2: Well,
0: well they're, they know. They they have a yeah. the flare fluid. Flare for the dramatic. Oh. Which, is, uh, uh, which is an aspect of them I really appreciated, actually, <laughs> because that justifies all of this nonsense a little bit. Listen, so I was you, like, okay, I'll buy that. You don't
2: get to be a body snatcher without at least four years of acting school. Yeah. And you're gonna <laughs> <not> against <laughs> the flare True. for dramatics. Trust me. <laughs> um, but also, it, it was implied that the, the mealworms were some sort of delicacy for them, especially when they were in this host body. Um, as we'll find out later
0: from another surprise.
1: <laughs> mm, just fistful of worms. Delicious. Mm. Straight protein. I've been yeah. thinking about trying it.
0: Speaking of a flair for the dramatic, we, we like gradually learn well, actually, we eventually learn that Riker himself is not infected as we like <gasps> suspect that he might be, right?
1: Well, he comes down to the planet and this was a brilliant plan. I definitely, mm-hmm. they never explained how they got a fake gill tail oh, on him.
2: Yeah, Beverly did it. It was all Beverly's idea. They explained did it. S-
0: did she synthesize it or did she pull the other one off of Quinn? No,
2: she thi- synthesized one. Mm-hmm. They was kind of said it in passing of yeah, like in the that end. was a great plan and and Riker was like, "Actually, it was Beverly." <laughs> it
1: was pretty sweet. Replicate a little gill tail, glue it on there and head mm-hmm. down to save the day. He pretends he's in on it does eat a handful of
2: worms <laughs> all of these actors are troopers and we know Jonathan Frakes who plays Riker is down because he climbed into that tar pit too right uh, so yeah all of them there's like a subtle cutaway sometimes but some of them commit to it
1: uh actually so Frakes put his fingers in the the tapeworms or whatever mealworms tapeworms <laughs> because it was a close up on the hand that whipped hand up to the face and it was really him with a handful mm-hmm. of worms that he hovered above his mouth before they cut away yeah. that's intense and i would not do it
2: <laughs> okay the other actors you can kind of tell were like dried uh like sort of you could tell that yeah, they it was were like onion cannibal. crisps or something yeah yeah, these the ones that were moving though that was real, and I'm Man. sure they're completely edible and it's fine. But it's uh. <laughs>
0: I didn't think I would get hungry, but when you said onion crisps, now I thought <laughs> I did.
1: Mm, okay, good, uh. good, good, good. I mean, you know, some people. Have you guys ever done that thing where you do it in a real bottle of tequila from yeah, Mexico? Yeah, yeah. I've never done that, and
2: I and there's like a not there's something in a lollipop too. I've done those or crickets, <laughs> I've done flavored crickets. Um, but, again, I think this is the, that production design of, like, someone's like, hey, I know a guy that can get you live mealworms. Let's get these on <laughs> the set along with all of these other practical effects and stuff that I'm bringing in.
1: Yeah, they really brought the budget on this one. They really stepped it up in all kinds of design and a lot more running because... <laughs>
2: Aaron
0: can run so Aaron.
2: fast. Well, they are he is he's got that adrenal pump too.
0: Yeah. Who's well, Aaron? I mean, that actor was hauling ass. The, the last admiral who was running, like oh. he was doing like a six-second fifty-yard dash. Like the that only was reason, way fast. Yeah, Tom that. Cruise
1: level on camera running. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The only reason I remember that name is because
2: Picard's line for like two scenes was Aaron. Adam, Adam, yeah. <laughs>
0: And he says it like Iran. Yeah, I, he's <laughs> uh,
1: I was so sad to see ca- Captain Scott had been compromised. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was
2: awesome. She was awesome.
1: Trila, Trila Scott, yeah. uh, you know, the fastest to ever pass the Starfleet exam, naturally, right. and become captain. And she walked into the ship and right before this running happens, and we see that she was one of the secret... Keepers, one of the ones that knew about it, and she had been compromised, so they must know, and that's probably why the Horatio was blown up.
2: Well, we also find out that this whole thing was set up to get the Enterprise there, uh, so even the secret meeting, all of the conspiracy—it was all the plan of these aliens, I guess. Uh,
1: I think that I think that Walker was really, you know, knew what was up, um, like and that's why he think couldn't that live. Too.
2: And we can put whatever spin we want to, because it's head can't I wonder end. if the
0: if the bugs were bluffing when they said it was part of the whole plan. It's just like, yeah, oh, yeah,
2: I tended to it do It was that.
0: part of my plan. <laughs> I have a flair for the dramatic, don't I? It's such yeah, a Romulan thing to do. Pecan.
1: Just pretend you're Ooh. owning it.
0: Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah.
1: We'll find out soon. Sorry, I'm getting excited.
0: Let's talk about Mama Parasite. She's the, the last one. We, we go and find Remick, and mm-hmm. where the last parasite out of Aaron crawls into his mouth.
1: <laughs> yeah. You mean where we get to see that chair that we saw in too short a season, and it had too short of a shelf life, where they spent <laughs> way too much on this wheelchair, and so they <laughs> brought it back so Remick could have a dramatic turnaround in a chair before we find out he's infected with
2: the mother. I never when, put that together. Yeah, that is that chair.
0: When you wrote "too short a season" and "too short a shelf life," how proud you of you! Uh...
1: <laughs> no, that was that was, that off, was the impro- co- off the dome. <gasps> yeah, no, I've no. I have spent a lot of money on improv classes, Admiral <coughs> Jake's So you know. Well,
0: they just paid off. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> there
2: it is. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I could say that, that this is where the practical effects and the, the actual budget was spent because some of the other stuff was sort of like cheapish theater tricks that still work. Uh, but this one like the neck effect and the, yeah, the describe the, the it neck for was our... amazing.
0: So yeah, there,
2: there's a pulsing sort of, uh, you see the, the creatures that have been climbing into people's mouths in and out or whatever, and that's so, sort of their main access point. But we see that another one goes into Remick and there might be more than one in his body. And then we see these protrusions sort of come out of his neck underneath his chin that start like pulsing in this really cool uh, special effect. But then, like, everybody fires their phaser, phaser blasts at full tilt, and there's this really intense sort of Indiana Jones uh, moment where they peel back layer by layer of his skin. Yeah!
0: Yes. So uh, it turns out when it was first aired in the UK, this episode uh, had several minutes cut, most notably the <laughs> death of Remick. Yeah! Um, in Canada, there was a special viewer discretion warning, and uh, it was definitely, like... They wanted to t- the, to bring this one down a little bit in terms <laughs> yeah, yeah. of the intensity. Uh, I don't know how it aired in, in America. I think it aired unedited.
1: Yeah, I well, so. we can handle it in America. We like to blow stuff <laughs> up. But uh, the moment, just to describe it a little more that yeah, yeah. Anna Jones you're talking about, we see the full skeleton under the skin. And yeah. then from his guts emerges a bright light. And this is where the effects you were talking about. The real mm-hmm. money was spent on this sort of animatronic giant worm thing that comes out of his chest and <laughs> is killed with a, a a kill
2: phaser yeah it's inhabiting like this the shell of the body of remek and it's really an intense uh, creature and it just I think it really cheapens the rest of the special effects that had happened and make them look that much more ridiculous when you have this really cool effect happening yeah 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 totally I liked oh, the man. I
0: liked the neck bulging a lot I thought that looked yeah. pretty legit and even though you you know they timed the shots of him eating the parasite I thought that was a really nice creepy touch it was very Twilight zone or outer limits kind of feel.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I appreciated it. And I think that's what also softened the blow of the intensity of yeah. the, of it, too, is that it was surrounded by these sort of whimsical horror moments.
0: So, one thing I had about this episode, though, was Remick's, like, Remick reveals that, okay, yeah, it's been me the whole time. Uh, but he says, he says. Something very key here, which I think in future episodes of Star Trek, I don't think they would have treated this response the same way. Which is that he actually says we seek a peaceful coexistence. Riker and <laughs> Picard look at viciously, each other. Though he does, he says it very viciously. Yeah. It is tone versus message, right? Which yeah. I mean, when we're talking about aliens, I think we're all supposed to like disregard tone because that's a whole problem of translation. But he says we speak, we seek a peaceful coexistence. Riker and Picard look at each other and then fire it. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, I think that it was supposed to be, this is someone who's infiltrated the deepest level of Starfleet and knows the right thing to say to kind of get out of jail with Picard and it's not working. But I see what you're saying of like, "Mm hmm.
0: They kind of got to maybe, okay, well, you're not supposed to take over people. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be rule number one for you joining the Federation, this is a (laughs) no-no.
2: Let me introduce you to the trill. They do it the correct way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they
1: handle it in the captain's log at the end where he says, Ooh, they said they wanted peace, but, and you know, (laughs) we typically are a vessel that goes around and just observes. So killing stuff was kind of weird for us, um, but we did
2: that it. <laughs> the meme that goes that's been going around. Of, it's a scene from an anime, and it's this person in like a doctor's coat, and the subtitle is like, "I'm a healer," but and then he's cocking a gun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sometimes you got to do it. You just got to cross it on her there. Uh, now the real question for me is, who's in charge of Starfleet?
2: That's a great question.
1: We just took out all of command, and then. Flew away. Warp speed.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's there's always a need to, like, have to resolve a big event in the end of Star Trek. But sometimes they're like, well, we have to sail into the sunset because we have 30 seconds left. Yeah. So it'll get figured out.
1: Well, and there is some calls, of course, the... Also, don't worry, we were pretty sure when the mother was killed that all of her babies just died, which is great. Except, data translates a final beacon that was being sent a homing beacon giving Earth's location to an uncharted territory of space.
0: Great way to end the episode, especially with like the slow push into the nebula that's way out there, and you can hear like this faint electronic beeping, which is presumably that beacon. Super
2: spooky. Twilight Zone ending. Yeah.
1: Well, overall, I thought it was very terrifying. They did a really great job. Uh, Just this episode overall, so many different effects, very action-oriented. And I really, really loved it. And I'm really expecting a serialized next episode, which is the finale, because they set up something so scary (laughs) that, of course, needs to be continually dealt with. Of
0: Uh course that's the case, Becca. (laughs) Yeah, this episode was a lot of fun. Like, I I really enjoyed uh, what... I enjoyed the environment of it, for sure. I definitely felt creeped out, and like it really was a good conspiracy, Twilight Zone, body snatching kind of mix. But like I said, I was yelling at Picard pretty often. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, by the cleverness of Beverly Crusher and Riker, he got through it, though.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good point, too, of that um, we we gave Picard crap for it earlier about trusting in his crew. But really, it's the way to survive out here. And and they emphasize that, of like, they're together, and they're working on the problems as an ensemble. Um, and so I think this is, like you mentioned, Beckett, like this is sort of Star Trek at its best, where it combines these elements of other genres with the, the uh, uh, sort of backdrop. And uh, like you said, Jake, the, the um, atmosphere of it was really cool because there was this throwback to older Trek when they go down. The sets looked very much like 60s original series Trek and some of the doors and the hallways and things like that. So mm-hmm. there was this sort of cool mix of like, see, this is really Star Trek and these are the stories that we can tell. But it is sort of plot holy and not really throughout the whole. Community. Well, the aliens
0: aren't really hiding that they're aliens. They're <laughs> yeah. like Picard's like, "Where is everybody?" It's like, "It is a quiet night." Yeah, Come. <laughs> your dinner is cold.
1: They did explain that a little with like, "Yeah, once it's too late for somebody to escape, we like to be really obvious about the fact yeah. that we're aliens." Do you want some <laughs> worms?
0: <laughs> yeah, eat it up, Picard. <laughs> uh, well, next week. We will visit the Enterprise again. I'm not sure if we'll visit this plot thread, though, because it's (laughs) entitled The Neutral Zone. After rescuing three ancient humans from cryogenic stasis, the Enterprise is ordered to the Romulan Neutral Zone on an important mission, where neither of those two things affect each other. (laughs) (laughs) And the season finale. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about it next week.
1: Well, uh, like any good ensemble, I think it's time for us to... Engage. Wow. (laughs) I got some
2: worms here. Oh, you're getting ready with worms?